What's up, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Prime Time Folks Show page. Uh, hope everybody been having a great week. Uh, but before I get started, I wanted y'all to continue to send those prayers up for uh, 88 Keisha Kuzar of Washington Prodigy. Hope I'm pronouncing her last name right. Uh, she, uh, I won't go into the details. I honestly just uh, been praying. I just saw the GoFundMe, so I shared it in my link. I want to challenge every women's football player to donate $20, $24 to that uh that GoFundMe. Let's be there for our sisters. You know, let's stay together. You know, whatever may be going on, like I said, what happened is not important. What happened is she come, she pulled through, and she get better. But like I said, I challenge in every female player to donate $24 to that uh, GoFundMe. Link in my uh, stories. And before I bring on my first guest, uh, I had to, I was messing with it because I'm like, how do you pronounce your last name? Because <laughs> I ain't want to get on here and mess it up. So I'm bringing on a, a, a former player. She was supposed to come on in November when I was doing the things, the lives and stuff, where I wanted to show love to all the former players. So I got uh, Holly Custis coming on. Let's see. What you say, London? Man, I'm waiting on you to come on. You've been had an invite. You have. You hey, Listen, London on here talking, and I've been invited her on the show. <laughs> All right, I think I got you off my. There you go. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, I can hear you. How's it going? Going pretty good. It's a Friday night. Like I got anything to do with my day anyway, so hey, I'm still at work. <laughs> yeah, how are you doing? How are you holding up? Much better. Much better. Yeah. I'm getting okay. staying yeah. taking it slow. The young folks yeah. probably would have been to mess some stuff up by now. But uh, right. <laughs> but I'm getting so you gotta you gotta take it day by day, especially with stuff like that. So I'm really happy that you're doing better. Thank you, thank you. You're welcome. Well, go ahead. And Introduce yourself to everybody. Hey, everybody. My name is Holly Custis. Um, I have played football, it seems like, 102 years at this point, but really it was 16. Um, I retired just a couple years ago. I'm now in my second year uh, with the Houston Mambas. Um, I've been working as their analyst, basically breaking down the opponent film. And now recently, in the last week or so, I am also the running back coach. Um, so that's really exciting. I mean, I've been around the game for ever. And so now it's really exciting to see how far it's come. And people used to make fun of me, but it's true. Like I used to basically be the person that was like, back in our day, we used to have like the lights on the field and playing in the mud and like breaking your ankle and like all this stuff and all the younger players are they have no idea so it's really cool to see how far the game has come so <laughs> let me grab my hat i got like hat here going on here i've been on like meetings all day no nope. all day today no oh i got the night uh, 49 okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> I got I got the Niners hat on. I've been on meetings all week to uh, this week uh, with work. So when I wear my headset, I or like headphones, I get out of here. But there you go. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited to be on your on your show because I'm excited to see how far you've come. I used to do the podcast um, 
with Oscar and Mackenzie, and unfortunately, Oscar had to push pause on that. He had a lot going on. So, anytime anybody has a podcast, I'm excited to be a part of it. Because, like I was telling you, supposed came on in November. Yeah. But we just kept having stuff that came up. So, now the Life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Life happened. When did you first find out about women's football? So basically, I played sports my whole life. So when I was in high school, I played volleyball, basketball, softball, and golf. And I loved sports my entire life. I even played soccer when I was young. I swam a little bit. Um, and then when I got to college, I went to the University of Oregon. And when I went to college, I was like, oh, free time. What is this? And then after a while, I was like, okay, playing basketball at the rec center is just not enough for me. I mean, it was fun, but I needed something more competitive. So I ended up finding uh, that there was a team in Corvallis, which was near where I was located. And they folded the year, or the, the team in Eugene folded the year that I was trying to join. So I ended up with the Corvallis Pride. And one of my friends had played and she took me out to a practice. And I was like, oh my God, like this is perfect because I have played um all the sports you can think of and then i love football i went to oregon duck games since i was eight years old i was a big niners fan it just never occurred to me that you could play as a as a woman or as a girl in football so once i knew it was there it was like game over because all the sports i had played i was always the the hustle player the the player diving for the loose basketball, the the shortstop diving for the, you know, the line drive, the volleyball player in the stands. And so that effort was rewarded in football on a completely different level than other sports. So it was just the perfect sport for me, basically. Yes. So the pride is who you started with, and then you moved to yeah. the Portland the Fight Portland Fighting Phillies. Phillies. Yeah. So anybody that has been around for a minute will remember it was the purple team. So we had, we were purple and teal. So that's all anybody remembers is we were the purple team. Um, so it was with Carvalho for three years, the Portland Fighting Phillies for five, then the Seattle Majestics for five, and then Utah Falcons is where I finished. It was really like two and a half, three years with them, if you include the COVID year, because I started going to practice with them, and then they ended up, um, you know, that COVID year didn't happen. So I ended with Utah, ended in the championship game, great experience, got our butts kicked by Texas like everybody else does. But it was just really good to get there. I was really excited to get, you know, basically to um, – you know, that stadium and the, the facility and be able to get a sack on the, the star. Since I'm a Niners fan, that was a really career highlight for me. <laughs> yeah. You didn't, did you do anything on the star? No, I'm not Terrell Owens. I'm not disrespectful. I'm not going to do that. But I, I did. I don't think people realize how excited I was in the moment. I was so excited. I got that sack that I ran into my teammate, um, Kiki, from that used to play for Utah. I ran into her, and I have a funny highlight on my Instagram because I was so excited. I literally ran her over, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I wasn't trying to hit you. And she's like, ah, oh, you like ran me over. But, yeah, I mean, 
I've seen everything in this game. I've been, when I was with the Portland team, we were a player-owned team, so I did a lot of the travel, the equipment, the administrative stuff. I understand how much work it is to even get a team off the ground. So, you know, it's really cool to see how far it's come. Teresa, he has some questions for you here. Oh, go ahead. The first one is, who is a female player from back in the day that was super dominant that these youngsters don't know about? <laughs> I got it right here. Michelle Derry. So, if anybody played in the Northwest or on the West Coast, um, so I started in 2007, and I think she started probably a few years before that, so probably 2003-ish on, this woman was insane. She was built, <laughs> she had to be, I'm just going to guess, she's close to six foot, six one, probably about 240, 250, and would run people over. Like, I don't know if you ever saw videos of, like, the fridge back in the day in the NFL. That's Derry. She would just run people over. And she taught me a lot because when I first started playing, I actually played a lot of running back and corner. I remember one practice, I think it was my rookie year, and I'm, like, trying to figure out, you know, how to play running back and how to play through contact. And she said, okay, Holly, you just got to look at the other person across from you and say, I'm a better bitch than you, and I'm going to run you over. And that, like, clicked in my head. <laughs> oh, okay, I can run them over. And, like, that was her. Or there was one play where I was on the field with her, and I think in that play I was at the slot receiver and she was running the ball, and they had three people on her back trying to pull her down, and she would not go down. And this little, like, five-foot-nothing player was on her back, like, why won't you go down? <laughs> and that was the kind of player that she was. Or... um Probably a bigger name that more people probably recognize is Jessica Springer uh, that played in the Texas area for a really long time. She was kind of a, a just a beast at running back as well. Um, probably a little quicker than Derry was, but just awesome. Uh, those are two that come to mind. Let's see. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Um Obviously, people probably a lot of people know uh, Sam Grisafi from Chicago, Ali from D.C. There's been some really good quarterbacks that are just awesome. Um, but that's all I can think of at the top of my head. I'm sure there's a list of like 50 people that I can come up with. <laughs> what caught my ear was when you said 2003. Whew, I was a freshman <laughs> in college. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I know. I I feel old now, you know, because. Um, when I go to when I went to the camp we recently had for like Houston, and they were doing like a whole bunch of like heavy duty, you know, workout stuff, and I was like, oh man, I'm so glad I'm not a player anymore because I would be dying. <laughs> like they're like working their little asses off doing the the bear crawl, and I I hated bear crawls, and I'm like, oh, sorry guys, keep going, you got it. But inside, I'm like, thank God I don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> yeah. I was mad with Kyle when I seen you know she shared a post that one of the players posted about a Coso hotel and somebody go out there and shake the tree. I oh, remember yeah. that shit in the police academy. I had instructed that was his favorite stop. Y'all yeah. go out there and shake yeah. the tree. I said, damn, this is like the police academy. Yes. I, had to ask, I said she gotta be military. I was yes. like, oh yeah. She has to be. <laughs> oh my goodness. Soho is one of okay so you know, you talk about players that people don't, re like, understand how good they were back in the day. Soho was one of those players. 
So I don't know there. She was in this documentary. I have to remember the name of it, but there's an awesome documentary on Soho, and it shows you how impactful she was as a player back in the day when they didn't have very good coaching, when they had limited resources, and this woman played through everything, all these injuries. She was tough as hell, and so that is a player to to really take a lot from and so I tried to explain to like the younger players like you guys don't understand the value that you have in this coach not only does she have the knowledge and she's coached for a long time and not only does she have the military background so she has excellent structure to how she teaches and explains stuff but she's done it and so it's really cool to see like players that are like 18, 19 that have never really played football and barely know what a first down is get to learn from somebody like her. I think it's really awesome. But yes, there's definitely a lot of shaking of trees, a lot of military style and teaching, a lot of structure, discipline. Definitely is the personality of Soho and that filters down through the whole yeah. team. I was gonna ask about that. That was one of my later questions. So I'll go ahead and ask it now since we already since we talking about right. it, uh how instrumental is that to team bonding? It, it is because if you think about it logically, football is the most team team sport there is, right? So in basketball you could have a LeBron that just takes over. Uh, in baseball, you can have like a Albert Pujols that can hit like a thousand home runs. In football, you need all eleven players to move the ball, all eleven players to stop the ball, and you all have to trust each other. You have to trust that the person next to you knows what they're doing and is going to do their job. They have to trust you. There's a trust factor and a communication factor as well that lends itself to be, um, you know. A pretty good connection to anybody who's been in the military or in the police force or emergency services or even like hospital staff I think probably have a similar vibe you have a bond with that person because you're going through hard things together you have to learn how to trust each other how to communicate um, how to deal when things don't go right that sort of thing and so I definitely think that style of structure helps and is a really easy connection to football and then you see that when we go to the, like the camp and stuff because you're going through hard stuff you're going through stuff you wouldn't go through in, in your normal daily life it's not fun nobody like this is not you know rainbows and butterflies happy fun all the time feeling this is you're working you know you're working you're pushing yourself you're challenging yourself so what's really cool is when you see people respond so when you see hard things happen and then you see the team respond where they're picking each other up and they're responding well to that and then when you leave an environment like that or like a game that you're playing that's really hard um you come out closer and then you know you can handle those hard things together and then when you get in a game and it's like a playoff situation or shit is going sideways you don't freak out because you've been there already so that's how i think it connects i feel the same way because that's just like when you just like everything you mentioned police academy military and everything you got to be able to work yeah. together but when you go through certain stuff and you're there for each other it makes you become closer yeah so, yeah i love it yeah Terry had another question. Uh, he said, ha has it uh, been hard not playing for the last two years competitively? Oh, fuck yeah. 
like the first game, <laughs> the first game I went down there last year, I did not know what to do with myself because the, um, you know, before the game, you have this nervous energy and it's like, it's excitement and it's like nerves and all that. And then as a player, after so many years, you can develop like a routine of like what you do before a game. So I knew I'm not a morning eater. No, like no matter what, right. I don't eat huge breakfasts. My, my stomach just doesn't wake up until later. So I usually have a small breakfast. And then I figured out, all right, this is my window that I can eat like a big meal before a game. I can't eat after this amount of time because my nerves are just like dialed in and I'm just not hungry, right? So uh, as a player, you kind of figure that out. But then at, when you transition to coaching, you still have all that energy, but you don't know where to put it. So uh, the first game I went down there, I was just like bouncing around and because at that time, too, I was uh, I didn't have any specific responsibility pregame. I didn't have to, like, run a certain group through, like, drills or anything like that. So I was like, what the hell do I do with myself? So I tried to make myself uh, useful. So I was, like, returning kicks for the kickers. And, you know, I was tossing the quarterbacks, you know, uh, like, uh, you know, pretending like I was snapping them the ball so they could, you know, throw to the people running crowds. And then I high-fived everybody so hard that people were like, chill out. Like, it's fine. And I'm like, you don't understand. Like, I want to hit somebody. So it definitely was a transition. And now I'm to the point where it's still hard. And I feel like I could play, like, a game or two. But I just know how long the season is. And my body is like, you know what? Like, 16 years is a long time. I just turned 40. And, like... I'm like, uh, do I really want to go through a whole season? No, but I want to be there and I want to help everybody. So I'm trying to take that energy and put it into other people instead. So that's kind of the transition transition is figuring out where to take that energy and putting it to other people so I can help them. Um, and they can, I can live through them on the field, basically. <laughs> oh, hi, Smitty. <laughs> yeah, I was on, I was just bouncing around. I got better a little bit throughout the season, but like I will tell you, like if something I did it as a player too. If I was um, like on the sideline, you know, like if the offense was out and I was on defense and there was a big play, I was running down the sideline almost as fast as a player making a play. And I even did that when I was on crutches after my knee surgery. That's just how it is. I, I turn a switch when I'm on the field and a lot of people find it funny because off the field I'm, I'm pretty low-key and level-headed but on the field it's a different story <laughs> let's talk about because I, I told you you was an athlete yes when you <laughs> ATH yeah tell everybody what opposition you played all right so when I first started playing um I played running back and corner uh when I was 23 I was a little skinnier a little faster um, I was probably more of a power running back because I was still kind of taller for a running back in, in our sport. And then I played corner, and I was kind of like a um, uh, Patrick Peterson corner because I was also taller for a corner. Uh, but that's kind of how I started for a few years. Then I transitioned from corner to safety, to safety, to outside linebacker, to inside linebacker. Um, inside linebacker is probably my sweet spot. Um, probably the, the best like skill fit for my skills. Um, but it actually helped me play in different positions because then I started understanding what people next to me were supposed to do. And it helped me when I switched from running back to linebacker, 
because as a linebacker, I knew what the offense was trying to do. I could see the holes open up because I was used to that as a running back. And so it was kind of an advantage, I think, to play multiple spots. There was one year I had to play some guard when uh, my Seattle team had a lot of injuries on on the guard side, and I learned I'm not an offensive lineman. (laughs) I tried, but run blocking was okay, but pass blocking, I was basically a fucking sled, and I was just like, please throw the ball, please throw the ball. So I'm not a lineman. I played one year, like half a year we played like Wildcat quarterback because we had so many injuries at quarterback. And so I played all over the damn place. I think the only place I didn't really play, uh, there's a couple of plays I I put in, I got put in at like DN, but I never played like D tackle or anything like that. Otherwise, I've been all over. (laughs) And you got a lot of accolades. Yes. Sometime All-Pro slash All-American, because of the year nominee in 2001. 2021 right yes um team mvps how are you so successful i think the biggest thing that i can tell people is consistency because i think a lot of younger players they have like a good game and that's awesome or they have a good season and that's awesome but I think when you look at the players that, like, I was looking up to, too, like the Dairies or, like, the um, Jessica Springers of the world, they were doing it year in, year out, all the time, consistent, consistently. And the other thing that I learned is how to adjust my game as I got older, right? Because when you look at, like, Michael Jordan, he came in and could bounce out of the building but he knew he wasn't going to have that forever so he worked on his turnaround jumper and then that became unstoppable right so every off season i figured out it's easier number one to stay in shape than it is to get back into shape so i usually give myself some downtime because you need some mental decompression time you need to get your body right you need to heal a little bit but i wouldn't let it go too far and then i would already focus on what do i want to work on so i i work on not only maintaining and getting in shape and trying to get better that way but also the mental aspect of what do i want to get better in my game on um you know for example when i moved um, to linebacker, um, there was a period where nobody had taught me how to read the offense. So when I was going to the like, different camps and different like all-star games and stuff, I figured out, oh man, there seems to be more to this. And so I, I asked people, I went online, looked at videos and I educated myself on how to read the offense. And then so what ended up happening is when I was a younger player, for example, let's just say linebacker, I was athletic and quick enough to not read well and still make a play because I was athletic enough to get there. But then after a while, I got smarter and I figured out how to read the offense. And so as I was getting older and I wasn't as fast as I was before, I was basically taking the shortcut because I knew how to read the offense. So I would get to the same place that I was before But I was just taking the smarter way to get there. And so that's really what I try to work on is understanding that aspect. And then the last couple of years, because I was commuting down to Utah, I really really started to learn about recovery and how important that is, especially when you're an aging athlete of stretching, active recovery. I had a 
you know, a chiropractor, a massage therapist. It was a whole team of people trying to keep me going. So that is stuff that you kind of learn along the way. And I'm hoping to try to teach younger players some of that stuff earlier. Because I'm kind of mad now that if I had known the mental stuff that I know now when I was 23, I feel like I would have been even, like, more effective. So I'm hoping to, like take that knowledge and give it to somebody who's younger so that they can use it to their advantage too. Everything you just said, I love it. Cause what you said, especially about reading offenses, that that's something that I look at and I've learned to do is just as yes. you get older, you know, you find little stuff to to look at and I study that when I'm, I'm watching. Yes. So, but how has the game changed from when you first started playing to now? A lot. Um, so when I first started playing, if you were any kind of athlete, like if you played um, high school soccer, you know, you had an advantage. Because what was happening, at least when I first started playing, was there was a lot of people that didn't know about women's football. And that's still the case, but it's it's a little bit well more well-known now. But it was – nobody knew about it back then. So what was happening is you were getting a lot of people that love sports but were maybe older – or when they first found it, or they were not athletes um, in their previous life, so to speak. So they weren't playing high school sports, or maybe the last sport they played was like a middle school. And so you still had athletes, but there was a clear advantage when you have more of an athletic background. Now, everybody is an athlete. Everybody has some, most, I'd say, like yeah. the majority of people will have some sort of background. Um, and it, people are finding the game younger because men have an advantage because they start when they're like, what, like six or seven. Yeah. So by the time they get to like 18, they've been playing for 10, 15 years. We find it later typically just because we don't know it's there. So every year you play on a team, I'm sure people know, you'll have people that have played forever. And then you've had people that have, they don't even know what a first down is. And you have to, like, make sure you keep everyone on the same page as much as possible and make sure they're on the same page as, like, the rules and all that. Um, so that is one thing is just the athleticism has improved. The speed has improved because we're getting more people that ran, like, track or, like, soccer or, like, more people that have speed. Um, the passing game has improved. The people... Um, when I first started, could pass, and there was passing involved, but there were fewer quarterbacks that were consistent enough to make it efficient to have um, a strong passing game. So you would see more run-heavy offenses. Um, and then the other areas are things like film. Like when I first started playing, and this makes me feel like 100 years old, but they, uh, for film, you had to, you had somebody up in the booth still, um, but then you would basically, you know, burn a DVD and then put that in like an envelope and like mail it to the other team. And then they had to open up the envelope, put it in their, you know, computer, hope that it works because sometimes, you know, if you're moving between like systems or like file types, maybe it wouldn't work. And then it'd be grainy as hell. And you're like, is that a person? Is that a is she a linebacker? And then you'd be like, what is this? <laughs> so now, like, now that we have, like, the, the stuff with, like, the WNFC, where, like, you can see all the games, like, that stuff is just light years um, to compared to what it was. The film sharing is a lot better. Now you can go in, you know, depending on what 
um, after program the leagues, specific leagues will use, pretty much all of them are similar in that you upload the film. There's kind of like a space where the film lives and then you can download the film. You don't have to wait for somebody to mail it to you. And you have to, you know, hope that they're responsible enough to send it to you and you're not getting it like Friday before the Saturday game. So you can see like, um, I have like even like in like highlight videos that I have from like earlier in my career, you can totally see the difference in the video quality compared to now too. So that's something. Um, and then I would say uh, coaching has improved. I think we still have some area and room for growth there, but there's a lot more consistency there. It, I think it, uh, initially it used to be people that we're used to coaching like high school boys and they've never coached women before. So that was like an adjustment for people or something that people struggled with, or they were people that were used to coaching women and maybe other sports like basketball or something, but they didn't understand football as well. It was hard to find people that had both. And now that I think we have enough people that are players that retired and converting them into coaches that's helping because they not only know how to coach women they also know the game too and so finding that sweet spot has been uh, major and then the final thing is probably the marketing because I think one thing our sport has done really well is take advantage of social media and try to leverage that um, I think people are starting to understand that you as an athlete are your own brand and if you're smart and you understand how to leverage that it can come with not only you know um like attention uh which a lot of people like but it's really you're trying to make sure you promote uh the sport your team you as a player and that can uh, lead to like opportunities with like businesses and stuff like that so people are getting smarter in how to use that so those are probably the biggest things that i can see a difference in so is there Anything that you would change about today's game? Um, I would say just continuing to improve upon those those areas that that I just like referenced. Like, I think coaching has gotten a lot better, but it needs another level. We need more consistency there. Um, I think the um, the refing of games has improved, but we still have some work to do there. There's still some inconsistencies. You still run across some crews and they've done a lot better I think the last couple of years but I you know in the past it would be like well do the refs know that we're running this specific you know rule book or not or and that would create some problems you know and so just getting that stuff more consistent or more uniform will help make the product better um I do I'm a very big proponent for player autonomy so since I was somebody that commuted, you know, from Seattle down to Utah, I was flying down. Um, like, I am somebody that's like, hey, like, if you want to go to a team that you feel like is going to make you better and it's a better, you know, fit for you, then do it. I think that it's kind of mirroring a little bit like the NIL with college football or the transfer portal. We have a little bit of that now with our sport and it's good. We it just is. need to make sure that people know how to manage it, right? You need to figure out, don't just like jump on a team to jump on a team. Make sure that team and that coaching staff is going to make you better. Make sure it's a good fit for you. And then when you do that stuff, make sure you're clear with them 
um, what you can, and you have to be clear with yourself too, what you can and can't do, right? Because when I was going down to Utah, I wanted to be at every single practice, but that's just not possible. I'm in Seattle. Like, that's a lot of mileage. That's a lot of, you know, time. That's a lot of money. Like, that's a lot. And I have like a life and work and stuff. So you have to be clear and communicate that with your team. Um, and then I think on the flip side, teams have to be really smart about who they bring on to their team. If it's like a travel player or commuter player type situation, they have to make sure that player fits their culture. Um, so I think that is something that is good, but we need to continue to work on. And I think the other thing that I can think of is culture. Um, when I was with Utah, that's what I loved about Utah. It was a really healthy culture. They had a strong sense of unity, you know, team over like individual style of culture. And I really liked that. And then that's what we're building with Houston as well. The culture is kind of the X factor. When you have two teams that are pretty even, when you put them on the field, the team with the stronger culture, most of the time is going to pull it out. Yep. A team with a poor culture, when things go sideways, they're going to start pointing fingers. They're going to break down. They're going to start screaming at each other. Their coaches are going to be confused. So I think those are some areas that I that I can see that just need to be continually improved upon. So when you stop playing, what brought you to the uh, Houston Mamas organization to be a part so of it? So basically, um, it's a really good question. So basically, Utah had a uh, coaching change. And then so they were going through transition. And then I was sitting there and I was thinking, okay, I want to stay involved with the sport. I get, um, at the end of my playing career, I want to stay involved. How do I do that? So I had started um, uh, for, you know, the last four or five years of my playing career working on my coaching, right? So I started coaching youth football in the falls, and then I went to the, the scouting academy um which is a program run by an ex-NFL scout where I learned how to break down film um, on a higher level. Like I thought I knew before, but now this, this man, like I, I learned so much. <laughs> and so I was trying to like figure out how do I transition into not playing, but still be involved. Right. So I actually credit my wife with this because she was like, you know, because I had mentioned the fact that I was liking how Houston was putting together their staff. I saw that they added Soho. I saw the people they have involved. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's really good. That's probably who I would have picked. And so I saw that and I'm starting to kind of follow them. And she's like, you know, you should check with them because you, you keep talking about them. And I was like, you know what? what the hell? You're right. So I reached out to them, talked with them, had a good conversation and basically it was like, Hey, like I can't be there full time, but I can help you. I can break down opponent film. That's something I can do remotely. I can get there as often as I can to help in person. And I just kind of like took it and ran with it. And then now I'm like starting to like even take on a little bit more with them. And that's kind of how it started. But really my focus was how do I stay involved? And I just started seeing that's why branding is important people <laughs> because Houston was branding themselves and I saw it and I, and it kind of felt like, um, uh, like kindred, kindred spirit type situation. Where it just oh. like, kept flashing to me and I was like, maybe I should check that out. So, uh, so thank you to their branding and thank you to my wife for kicking me in the pants to go ask them. Because it's definitely seen, because like you said, that's what I, when everything happened uh, with Bama last year, when we were able to go elsewhere, yeah. and yeah. me and Smitty talked, 
Honestly, uh, my supervisor had in the past, and that had to happen how it happened. I probably more than likely would have been there last season, but everything yes. happens for a reason. But like I said, as a player, I'm just looking from everything that's happening on the outside. I'm like, damn, you know, played against me a lot, so yes. a couple times. So I love how they was doing everything, and that's something. And how she has to put the coaching staff together, too. Yes. Female head coach, Soho. I never watched or seen, how, like you said, Soho player or anything yep. like that, but I heard right. so much about her. So it's just like, yes. as a, a player, you looking like, damn, yes. I want to go there. Yeah. I want to go play for them. So I definitely see, and I love what they're doing in uh, Houston. When you there, I love what y'all are doing in Houston. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, it's really, um, and that, that that goes back to the culture because if you're going to build a team and then, you know, like we we all know, like right now it's, it's Texas, right? Like Texas, and Texas has a culture too. So you, if you want to beat the best, you have to build something that is going to compete with that best. And in order to do that, you got to build it from the ground up. So you have to be really meticulous and thoughtful about how you build it. And so that's what I really appreciate about the, the Houston organization. And um, they are consistent about that too. They're very like what they say is what they say. And that's something that's really good um, about them too, is sometimes I've been on other teams or other experiences in the past. And I'm sure a lot of people have where they say something, but they act a different way. Their Houston team is very consistent. Yeah. (laughs) Houston is very consistent. Like, so if she says something, that's it. Like if, if Smitty says something, that is it. If Smitty says, everybody better show up in black Adidas and you have one red shoelace, you're in trouble. <laughs> so you better be consistent because what they say is what they say. I love it. Love it. So like I tell people, when I'm doing I don't look at it when I'm watching teams from a player aspect. I look at it right. from a fan aspect of what everybody doing. Like I tell people, Kansas City is doing some good things there. Yeah. No, you got Houston, uh, Washington, then then brought in some some players, especially some wide receivers. So I was like, no team is going to be the same from previous. Right. Everybody oh, no. they game up. Everybody, Vegas, yes. Oregon has done some things. So I'm just like, this season, it should be an interesting. Yeah, and in like every season, it's it's like the Wild West, you know, kind of similar to the college football scene where it can be challenging because you're like, all right, well, last year this team had these people, X, Y, and Z, and then now X is over here and Y is over here and Z is over here. (laughs) So every year it's almost like a brand new year trying to figure out what teams have, like, you know, and then also that's where, again, the culture thing comes in because you can add all these weapons and you can add all this stuff, but if you don't integrate it correctly, then it becomes a problem. So you have to make sure that you understand how to bring those pieces together. So that's why it's really going to be fun, especially, I think, the first couple of weeks. Um, and that's something that's definitely changed with women's football where it used to be you knew exactly who you got, like, year in and year out because people weren't moving. Now that people are moving, it's like, it's crazy, but it's fun. Yeah, it is. I'm, I'm, I'm ready for April. It's going to be exciting. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, anything you're looking forward to this season? 
Really, I'm looking forward to see the growth in my Houston team because I really feel like last year, you know, we surprised a lot of people and we want to see the next step, right? So it's like one thing to surprise people, but now that people are expecting us to do well, we have to make sure we take the next step. We add in our new pieces. We put it all together. So I'm excited to see what that end product looks like. Um, and then, like like you said, I'm interested to see how all the different teams put their new pieces together. Um, you know, I want to see somebody at some point in my lifetime beat Texas at one point. <laughs> that would be exciting. Yeah. So somebody has to do that this year. Um, and I say that all, I say that like every freaking year in Texas, they know that I love them, but they're kind of annoying me at this point. And we have to, somebody has to win right. and beat them. <laughs> you know, last season, we thought that was going to be the year then. It's and like, like and then we got our ass smacked. <laughs> well, I've been there too. I've, I've been there too, because you, you're there. And, and, and I mean, that it is what it is. You know, we have to, um, we have to continue to build our sport, and then I think it's a really healthy goal for everyone to want to beat Texas because that what that means is we're chasing that bar that they've sent, we're and not then them. we don't we're, we're want other teams to beat them. Yeah, <laughs> we want to t to chase that so that the sport as a whole will rise up. It's like all you know, boats rise with the tide type of scenario. We want to keep chasing that because what that means is the whole sport is getting yeah. better. Because if somebody gets to the point where we're eventually beating Texas or we have, you know, new somebody comes in and takes over as like the new dynasty or whatever. And then somebody takes over from them. That's kind of what the NFL is, right? Like every year in the NFL, somebody different can come out on top. And uh, that's what makes it fun. So I think if we can get to that point, it means the product on the field is getting better. Well, like I, I spoke on a previous one thing I love about Texas as well as Boston is their culture yeah. and the, their players, like the older players are the ones, you know what I'm saying? It's not the youth that's really yes. entertaining. They're still depending a lot on their older players and not pushing them out the door like you would see in professional, even with some women's yes. teams where you got teams like, nah, I don't I, I want to go away from this. But they're literally, they're older players. Because when I found out how old uh, and me, I'm like, wait, mm -hmm. damn. And she's still doing it. So yes, that's what I love about them, and they have at that standard so high. Well, now everybody is seeing it and trying to put together their squad and to learn and to build off of it. So, sorry, my my dog just came down here. Like, <laughs> my squad, she was like, "Me sleep." This is the worst. <laughs> um, yeah, you know what though? If you think about Texas, right? You're absolutely right because the the leaders of that team are experienced. So it's basically a bunch of people like me running around that have played a really long time. And I think that's really key because it's their experience. Like I was saying before, when I uh, started getting older and it like a little bit slower, I figured out like the shortcut of how, how to read the offense to get there. Right. These players have been doing that as well and they're very smart. And so they might not be as like quick as they used to be when they're like in their twenties, but they're extremely smart and they know how to play and they know how to read. And so that is a, big advantage in women's football and, and if you look at the uh, the texas offensive line for example over the last few years even though they've had a couple people retire like recently they have a lot of 
experience. And when you have experience on that offensive line or you have experience at like linebacker or defensive line like they have up front, that makes a huge difference because in women's football, a lot of people are coming at it from not a lot of experience. And I think one of the hardest positions, position groups to get going as far as experience is the offensive line. So when they had that experience on that line, it made a huge difference because nobody could get to the quarterback and that creates a whole lot of time. I mean, if you give, you know, Bushman a thousand, <laughs> a thousand years to throw the ball <laughs> and they have, you know, like a thousand Maria Jackson's running around, then it's pro it's problem. It's a problem. So, you know, I think that is a huge advantage. And I think that, um, if you have a team that has like an older player like that, I think it's important to tap into that experience however you can because it is an it's definitely an advantage. So before we get off here, do you have any parting words for everybody? This has been a great episode, by the way. I'm like I said, I'm glad I continue because I got a, another former player coming on uh next week. Meeting. Nice. So I'm looking forward. I'm glad I was still able to get you guys and bring you on because, like I said, I love showing you guys love and hearing the stories and hearing about the players that most of us may not know and to see right. how the game has changed. So give you y'all flowers while y'all still here. Thank you. Um, let's see. I'd say the only, I guess, a couple of things. Um, the other thing that I want to, like, pass on as, like, an former player to like the younger players is you can come back from injuries, right? Because I had a nasty, nasty injury in 2016 where I just completely messed up my whole entire leg basically. And it took me a whole year to really come back and then a whole nother year to really try to get back into where I was before. And that was something that was really emotional for me because as an athlete, you're used to being able to do whatever your, your body, you just think your body does it, right? So that was the first time, because I played through so many injuries before, that was the first time, like, biomechanically, my body was not going to work. I had a six-hour knee surgery. I have screws in my knee. Like, I had to relearn how to walk, everything. And I went through a hard time with that because I, my, my emotional aspect was messed up. Because I was so used to being on the field and it was a struggle. So I want to, one thing I, I try to tell younger players is if you do have a major injury like an ACL or Achilles or something like that, or you have to have surgery, to take care of your mental side. Because the physical side will come. If you're an athlete, you know how to do physical therapy. You listen. They tell you how to do the exercises. You follow. That's kind of an athletic mindset, right? You're going to do that. But it's the mental aspect. When I was able to overcome that, I kind of almost reinvented myself as a player. And so I think it's really important for players that have been through really bad injuries to tell other people that maybe haven't or are going through it that you can get through it and you can play again. And don't let anybody tell you that you can't if you know that you can. Uh, because I have multiple people telling me, just stop. And I came back, and I led the league in tackles and had a really good year. And the next year, we got to the championship. So don't let anybody tell you you can't do something. It's basically the um, the verbiage I'm looking for. And then also, I'm just really excited to, to see what happens this season. And I'm really thankful to be a part of this community. Football has been my outlet forever. 
I appreciate everybody that's involved, and I love everybody, basically. Yeah, we love you, too. That was some damn good advice, because, like, the, I don't think people understand how much the mental aspect is so... Oh, important. God, yeah. Like, oh. Yes. So, yeah. We need a bunch of Hollies on every team around here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't worked on uh if if they start doing you know like they're trying to clone me then i'll clone myself back to 22 and start playing again so we do that <laughs> but I, pre- I appreciate you for coming on i'm sure we like me and holly y'all we in a group we got fantasy group we be going back and forth about sports oh my god oregon oh 49ers pull it out this weekend please <laughs> We got it. We just, it's not going to rain. So I think we'll be okay. Apparently rain games are not good for us, but it's going to be 65. I think in like sunny is what the weather report said. So I'm feeling better about that. <laughs> please, please pull this game out. Cause I ain't got time yeah. for Detroit fans all on my timeline this week coming at me. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. <laughs> but I appreciate you for coming on. You welcome back anytime. Uh, all right. This season. I'll see you guys on my fucking birthday. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>